Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We have a, a very exciting episode for all of you today. A lot, a lot to talk about. First things first, Emmy nominations. We got to talk about it. I mean, Jordan and I already talked about it, but there's still more to discuss. Um, and then we also watched two Netflix original dating shows, one titled Indian Matchmaking and the other titled Love on the Spectrum. And very excited to talk about those as well. But first, we're going to discuss just the regular old news that's not Emmy, and Emmy nominations. Apparently, Chrissy Teigen has another Quibi, game, Quibi show that's going to be coming out where she tells edible creations apart from ordinary objects, <laughs> which is hilarious. A, because the big is it cake phenomenon happening right now like this, but all of this was already filmed and like done before any of that even happened. So it's kind of crazy timing. And... Honestly, just hilarious. Maybe I should get Quibi back. Probably not, but I just think that's really funny. That is hilarious. And this time, I could sign up for the free trial. Oh, true. Since, since last time I was using yours. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Um, Quibi would probably do best to be like in meme-based shows. Yeah, you're probably like right. This, this cake show. Mm-hmm. or not? It's not just cake, but that's the first thing I thought of even when you were just <laughs> describing that. So, hmm. Um, another thing, and the last thing I have of note, is that HBO is going to have a new documentary about, um, titled Showbiz Kids, where it uncovers the dark side of childhood stardom, and I'm very intrigued, and would definitely watch it. Yeah, that would be fascinating. My next and final piece of news is also about an HBO show. Um, the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, is maybe how that his name is pronounced. Sounded great. It, uh, thank you. And um, he is doing a, a drama series starring one of the just gems of the younger Hollywood set. Jack Dylan Grazer, who is in It. He's the kid with the who breaks his arm. Oh, I love him. He's amazing. He's in and he's in Shazam and Beautiful Boy. And he is really great in both. He's a really good kid actor. And he's gonna be in this show. It's called We Are Who We Are. Um and apparently it is about two teens who bond living on a US military base in Italy. So it's also set in Italy. And it's ironic because he played young Timothy Chalamet in Beautiful Boy and Call Me By Your Name. There's just a lot of connections here. Wow. And Kid Cudi is in it. <laughs> so random. I feel yeah. like I remember learning about this, but I did. I think it was just like the military base in Italy portion of it. So that's exciting. Yeah, it sounds... I'm definitely intrigued by all of... All these little pieces like are all very intriguing to me. And that yeah. is dropping well it's premiering september 14th 
Awesome. So we don't even have to wait that long, which I yeah. feel like is a thing we always say. 30 minute shows and wow, that's so soon. <laughs> Time Those are is... tight taglines. We're just always shocked by anything time related, I guess. <laughs> Girl meets time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Emmy nominations. Jordan, how do you feel? Um, I feel great. I feel like um so many things that we loved um that we just like loved to love them, not even because they were like prestige television. Um, like personal faves got nominated. And that's mm-hmm. really exciting. Um, notably Insecure got a lot of nomination love. Um, which is amazing. And mm-hmm. um Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. But um, Watchmen, I'm really glad that that is getting a lot of respect from the Emmys. They got the most nominations, right? Yeah, they have 26 nominations, which is crazy. That is so awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there were even I'm really happy about the nominees. Um, There were only like a few ones that felt like a surprise to me. Mm hmm. I would say that would be like the Mandalorian getting nominations, including like best drama series. That mm-hmm. was surprising. Um, not that I disagree. I did think it was really good, but that's another thing that feels kind of more like blockbustery, and that is kind of like that's a prestigious boost, you know? Totally. Um, how do you feel about them? I also feel great. I mean, I think there are definitely a few quote-unquote snubs. I hate that word because I feel like, but I feel like there's no other word to really use. Um, But I'm sad that Rami as a whole was not nominated for comedy. Um, Yeah, you know, because he got the nomination as actor, I didn't even really notice that he it wasn't nominated for comedy. Mm -hmm. That is really sad. It is extremely sad, but I'm really happy that he and Mahershala were both nominated in um, acting and supporting actor categories. Totally agree. Um, I know this is something you and I have discussed as well, but it's crazy to me that Daisy did not get nominated for Normal People while Paul did. Because I think that both of their um their roles were so dependent on each other and like they were stronger because of each other so it's just shocking to me that daisy did not get nominated and paul did yeah i think that's that's probably my biggest heartbreak of these nominations because especially because i haven't really even seen that much about, like hype about her afterwards mhm um he's still everywhere and he deserves it for sure and he definitely deserves the nomination but um i'm like surprised that her performance is now seemingly so underrated yeah but i don't get it that i think that that for me was the saddest snub Mm -hmm. oh we were excited that um what we do in the shadows got nominated Oh, yeah, that is a, was a very fun surprise. Yeah. 
I was excited about that for sure. I was going um, to say, um, well, and I mean, this was, and I heard that news before I saw that Taika was also nominated for his voice acting in The Mandalorian. But at first I was like, oh, yay, Taika's going to be at the Emmys. But it's like, well, actually, will anybody be at the Emmys? <laughs> like, I haven't really heard what they're planning on doing. Is it all going to be like virtual? I haven't, I haven't heard that either. I have no idea. Zero idea. I guess they're only in September, so I feel like it's definitely going to be virtual. Yeah. Um, I was also really excited about Zendaya getting nominated for Euphoria. And surprised that she was the only one, actually. But apparently it was kind of a surprise that she was nominated, so I'm just glad she was. Yeah, I feel like this is... this. I, I officially need to watch Euphoria, because I never really did... And um, now I have to. Yes. Um, and I remember reading a predictions article in the last few weeks, and they wanted Zendaya to get nominated. Like, she was kind of the long shot choice. They were like, they probably won't nominate her because it's like teen shows never really get the respect at the Emmys. Um, and so I feel like even like the professional critics were are probably surprised and happy that she got the nomination too so that's really awesome for her also it's it's really cool to see such a diverse set of nominees this emmys yeah it's awesome i'm really pleased with that another really big happy thing is um unorthodox yes oh my gosh oh my gosh that tweet that you retweeted today of her reaction was just like the sweetest a, thing in the whole entire yes, world. Like the most joyous video I've ever seen. And I still feel like I know anyone I know who has watched it is was in love with it, uh, mm-hmm. with an unorthodox, but I still don't know that many people that even watched it. And so I hope that this like uh gives them a big boost and that more people see it because it was so amazing. And I honestly, I mean, like, I forget that that came out this year. Add it to my list of confusing time things. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm so glad that that was appreciated. Yeah, me too. Lastly, I just remind remembered another snub. Uh, Never have I ever. I'm surprised they didn't even get nominated for like writing. That is that you're right. Did you see Mindy's tweet today about yeah, that? Heartbreaking. It's really, really sad. She said. Yeah. Sometimes a show like ours will always seem ethnic or niche to a certain group of people. Ugh. And it just broke my heart because it literally everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. It's a perfect show. So yeah, there we go. Got that got that covered. Yeah. It almost felt like seeing getting having the nominations announced it kind of felt like a normal moment in time. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, award season. I mean, they're all things that were finished and aired like before quarantine and COVID stuff happening. And so it makes sense. But it just was kind of like, oh, like that feels kind of normal. That's fun. Yeah, I agree. It felt it felt a little refreshing. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. The actual Emmys are in September, right? Yes. And can't wait to see how it goes. Yeah, very, very excited. Okay, our top three. Um, 
We are tying both dating shows together a bit. Um, one of a big thing in Indian matchmaking is, and we'll discuss the whole premise of the show, but basically there is a matchmaker and she has all of these, what she calls bio data sheets, which Jordan, um, correctly described as really just like a resume, but the term bio data actually sounds like it's like their blood type and like their, like all of their HDL and LDL levels. (laughs) Yeah. Like our wellness test at work. (laughs) Yeah. Where really it was like, how tall are you and what are you looking for in a spouse? (laughs) Yeah. And like, what do you do for a living? (laughs) Yeah. Like if anything, I could never find a husband off of those sheets because they were, they did not have the kind of details that I would like or need, but that's, we'll get into that. (laughs) And then um, something that they did on Love on the Spectrum is before they would introduce a new character, they would have a little, I don't even know what you would describe it as, but like montage of like things that person, sounds they don't like, sounds they like, and like something that they are looking for in a, in a partner. Am I right, Jordan? Yes. Okay. So we kind of, we're calling this top three our dating bio data sheet. But really it's just the sounds we hate and could not handle while dating someone, a sound we love, and our number one must have when it comes to finding a significant other. (laughs) Which, if you know us at all, we've clearly discussed our lack of dating interest and lives on this (laughs) podcast so talking about these two dating shows will be hilarious and funny in my opinion I know and like probably uh well we'll see how vulnerable we get yeah we'll see how vulnerable we get but I can already see my jadedness showing through yes (laughs) I well no we'll just have to we'll have to get into it we'll get into it um, oh, and one other thing about the the like the hates and loves sounds is that it applies to love on the spectrum because people on the spectrum they're more sensitive to sounds and smells and feelings and textures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when they if someone on the spectrum really hates a sound, it can be like completely debilitating, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I tried to think of things that, yeah. I have I have a I have a sound that I absolutely hate and so I'm excited to Okay, you sh- you it. go first. You chair. <laughs> okay. Okay. May- go sound- through your whole go through your whole bio data sheet, I think. Okay. Yeah, good idea. I'm going to okay. say the one I hate, the one I love and then my number one criteria. Perfect. Okay. My sound that I hate more than anything else in the world is balloons popping. I forgot this about you, but I did know that. Yeah, I hate it. I'm I'm very easily I'm like very jumpy about stuff and I also actually hate loud noises typically. Like especially like a a jolting sharp loud noise like that. That's just like a shocking moment. I hate that. And balloons popping is the worst thing for me. I yeah, hate it. I totally understand that. I ha when when I used to go to football games weird weird in the in 
when in regular life anyway, but especially now weird to think about. But they would set off a cannon every time there was like a goal and every time it I hated it. It's awful. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I did hate that. I hated yeah. if I was in a seat really close to the cannon. It was just I yeah. dreaded it. It's terrible. Um, One time in high school um, for a dance, a boy, he he was it was a girl's choice dance and he answered me by putting a bunch of paper into balloons that then I needed to <laughs> pop to get the answer. And I think I just had to have my brother and sister do it for me. While like, you were like away not from worth the house. It. Yeah. I was like, well, <laughs> clearly he doesn't know me very well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was like my nightmare. <laughs> okay. What's the sound that you love? Okay. The sound that I love, I said, um, Wind blowing through trees. Great sound. I can hear it right now. Yeah, it's very, very soothing to me. I love have, getting, like, having a window open and hearing that in, like, a summer night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is, that's, like, a very, that would be, I would consider that kind of an ASMR sound for me. Perfect. That love kind of it. rustling leaves. And then my number one trait for... A partner. I was trying to think of the number one thing that would apply to a lot of different aspects. Um, because, like, obviously you'd want a good sense of humor. But there are a lot of people that I would never want to marry that have a good sense of humor, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I said open-minded. Because that could apply to so many aspects of a relationship or a marriage. Like parenting or when I get into a disagreement with him. It's like being open-minded enough, not only like in life about different kinds of people, but about like being open-minded to seeing other sides of things and problem solving and stuff. So, yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. I feel I feel good about it. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good one that's like overarching and kind of like has a lot of other smaller traits that encompass it that it encompasses that is what i was trying to go for and it's it's like it's it's broad but it's also kind of specific it's not just like nice (laughs) yeah exactly okay well i have a lot of sounds that i hate (laughs) yeah i'm very excited to hear the one that you picked (laughs) (laughs) so i have self-diagnosed myself with misophonia and um I also would probably consider myself a little bit on the spectrum because of how debilitating sounds are to me they make me like physically angry and like want sometimes like thoughts of like murdering people will come to my mind if someone is making a noise well and it's like you can't focus on anything else no it's the only thing I can hear It's just like it's in my head. So I would probably have to say one of the top ones that I hate, though, is um, iPhone keyboard clicks. Why Uh... anyone has those on in this day and age in 2020 is insane to me. I don't understand it at all. 
Like we do not need to hear every single letter you type. We get it. We all know how to text. And the people that leave it on, usually the volume is very loud. Mm -hmm. Which is another weird thing to me. I have my phone on complete silence all the time, 24-7. I don't even have my phone vibrate because I hate the noise. But I know I'm extreme. But I feel like it's pretty rare that people have their phone on loud anymore. So when I hear those iPhone keyboard clicks, it triggers me to a place I don't like to go in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very, very good answer. Thank you. I thought of a bonus one that I know we share. And it's really, I because this is a time when I felt like I totally related to how you felt. It was that time, two times now. Um, back in the days of going to the movie theater when the um, fire alarm or not the fire alarm the smoke detector mm-hmm. was like beeping and tapping the entire movie yes it and... was terrible and luckily I did not hear it you only heard it the first one because you were sitting a row behind me and I couldn't hear it which is funny because it we were watching phantom thread which if you yes. know the phantom thread a very important storyline is that he is also sensitive to noises. So it's just yes. like ironic and hilarious. It was like kind of like a 4D movie experience. Yeah. But it totally, I feel like it totally, um, in a way, was debilitating to me because it totally ruined my movie experience. And I, 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 um, I feel like I look back on it on Phantom Thread now, like, I'm like, oh, I remember like things I really liked about the movie. But at the time I was again? like, no I need to because it totally like the whole time it's such a quiet movie that all I could hear was that buzzing noise yeah but then it happened again when we saw the invisible man which also had a lot of quiet moments Mm -hmm. and it was actually so validating because it was like two years later or whatever and I was like (laughs) same movie theater that's the the sound and you were like did phantom thread like you knew exactly what I was talking about (laughs) yeah it was they need to get that fixed before we go back. <laughs> anyway, Hopefully that was been doing in the last few months. I hope so. Sorry, that was like a way long tangent, but but necessary. Okay, as far as sounds that I love, um, very into ASMR. Um, I would say soap cutting is my number one, though. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't know if you've ever watched soap cutting videos on Instagram, but if you haven't, you should. They basically just cut soap bars into tiny, tiny, tiny little pieces and then like scoop them off and oh, the noise it makes, it just sends a tingle down my body. That sounds very (laughs) bad, but it's true. Well, isn't that the point of ASMR? Yeah. Yeah, I I love it. That's the goal, you know? Yeah, I have seen the visuals of soap cutting. I've never paid attention to the sound, so I'll have to do that. Yeah, you'll have to go back. Yeah, I have a whole folder saved, so I can send you some. Please do. And then for my number one must-have in a partner, I said drive. Like someone who's like determined and has like drive and like will. I felt like that was kind of all-encompassing. Like, will always have a job will always, like, want to travel, will always want to, like, get stuff done. Totally. That's a very good trait to say. And that, uh, that, like, would, means that so many things are compatible with you, you know? 
Yeah. Because I feel like you have a lot of ambition. And I like that you um, tie in. It's, it is to do with career, but there are, there are other things that have to do with drive too. Like you're saying, like traveling and wanting to have experiences and things like that. Yes. Cause I was thinking about passion and I was like, I don't really think I want passion because people can be really passionate, but not actually do anything about it. Yes. Or they can so, be like, you can be like the most passionate starving artist in the world. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm also, also a realist. So I would tell you, get a real job. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Wow. That's a great answer. Thank you. All right. Indian matchmaking. Do you want to give the spiel? Yes. Um, so Indian matchmaking is like, it's a reality series on Netflix. And basically it follows this um, matchmaker named Seema Taparia from Mumbai. She always introduces herself as I'm Seema from Mumbai. And she is a professional matchmaker um, helping get um, arranged marriages going basically. But she travels around the world meeting with clients and setting them up. So um, several of the uh, of the clients that they follow in this show are actually in America, um, which I hadn't expected when mm-hmm. I started the show. Same. Um, so that was really interesting and cool to see. And it was interesting, too, because I would say the majority of them actually had very modern views of like they want to have an arranged marriage but they also like all of the women were like I still want to work and like they were traditional and modern at the same time Mm -hmm. I would say the women were more modern than the men yes for the most part which was interesting one thing I thought was interesting was that um Seema would only match people up based off of their bio data sheets and they really aren't that interesting she would also like take them and like take pictures to like a oh, what was that guy's name he was like a face face matcher oh he was a face reader face reader and he would say if they were going to make a good match and um but at one point, she had to go to another matchmaker who kind of pairs people up on more than just, like, the written facts that you write on a piece of paper. And I thought that was interesting because I definitely felt like the other kind of matchmaking makes a lot more sense. Like, basing, like pairing people up according to, like, how they live their lives and, like, their personalities as opposed to, like, two lawyers, you know? Which is, like, I felt like Seema would kind of start pairing people up by, like, oh, these two people are both lawyers. Okay, great. Oh, this person is this tall, so they're a good pair. Great. Some of the, I, some of the pairs, like, the, like some of the people that I liked the most, um, like, the, the guy who was the teacher in America, mm-hmm. she... He was one where she did kind of base it on personality because she was like, you're a very jolly, warm person. I will find like a warm, happy, fun woman to set you up with. But some of the ones that were more difficult, maybe it's like 
she was like, well, their personality is not as inviting. I think I'll just do it based on their matching professions Mm -hmm. or something. Um, But yeah, I'm thinking in particular of um, Aparna. Mm -hmm. Because she basically didn't get along with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not her problem. No, and she doesn't need to change anything. (laughs) No. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely, um, I was telling Jordan that I thought it was really interesting that so many of them still rely heavily on, like, physical looks, and in a, like, sad way, it was kind of reassuring that it's not just like that in America, and it's not just, like, an Amer- the American way to, like, only care about dating someone that you're like physically attracted to um um i read this article on vulture by malika rao rao and she was saying that she felt like this show was kind of just telling it like it is and um she said that on the batch This is a quote from the article, which I thought was really good and interesting. She said, On The Bachelor, where judgments based on skin color happen as a rule, a euphemism, that someone is not a, quote, good fit, unquote, veils the truth. At least on this show, referring to Indian matchmaking, people state things in reflection of the warts and all truth. She said, Much of India today leans Hindu supremacist. Marriage is a business and a game whether in India or America, and grotesque from many angles. And I thought that was very interesting because it just, it really did play such a big factor in, like, almost all of their, like, wants and needs on, like, a wife or a husband. Um, no, that is super good. Because that was one of the things that was very interesting, like, um, even the people getting matched in America, like um, one girl who I loved named Nadia, she was the one whose ancestors, like this was like generations ago where her ancestors ancestors had emigrated from, from India to Guyana. And she was like, it's really hard to find a guy who will, who will want to marry me because of my ancestry. Mm-hmm. Like she's not like full Indian. Yeah. And it was really, it was so intriguing because like, um there's just I just am super naive to all these kind of the intricacies of this culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like the one of the most likable people on the show, so it's like, wow, you have a hard time because of this thing you can't control. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another quote from that article, she said, The men aren't sure if they want a mom or a boss or a confidant or freedom to be without any of the above. They work for the family business for themselves. They cook. They desire mutual attraction, but also to ease their mom's anxieties. All seem to want, at some level, simple, non-transactional, unconditional affection. Which I also thought was very a very good wrap-up of how I felt about most of the show. Yeah, I... It was alarming some of the guys who, first of all, clearly were not ready to be doing starting this process in the first mm-hmm. place. 
And I think that was something that was interesting comparing, especially the last guy. He's the one who's like, his mom was like pushing him to do this Mm -hmm. versus um, probably my favorite guy on the show, who was the teacher who's living in America, who was like kind of instigating it himself, it seemed. Um, but like he was like ready and willing to give, um, all of his matches a, a pretty fair try. And then you have this other guy who is like, literally says like, well, I just want someone exactly like my mom. <laughs> and it was like, oh gosh, like, I don't think that you should be. Doing and he didn't right want to now. put in any effort. He was just like, my mom can choose the person. Right. And, and he, met like he would just kind of look at the pictures of like 50 girls and say no and stuff it's like okay Mm -hmm. and then he found one and they get engaged I don't feel like this is a spoiler but like they get engaged and then it's like they've known each other for literally days and he's just like we're just so in love and it's just fascinating I don't know Mm -hmm. it was just very very fascinating it was extremely fascinating. Um, and the show itself, I was very entertained. Definitely. The whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of my one complaint about like the show's structure was how um, it would end episodes at really weird times. Mm-hmm. Which was like kind of strange, but it didn't really bother me until the finale. The finale ended. was the weirdest ending in the whole it entire world. It was so strange. I was like, you just introduced a new person. Like, showed us her name and everything. And I was like, oh, is there another episode? But that was the end. And so that mm-hmm. was really And strange. there was no resolution on, like, where they are now. Yeah. Like, it didn't ever show where Nadia and the last guy she was talking to ended up. Like, a lot of things were still completely up in the air. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't know if they're going to, like, release more episodes to like finish out the season but it was still a lot of episodes already so yeah i felt i did i agree i felt like the format was very weird yeah but yeah it was definitely a very entertaining show something that um and if you do you have anything else that you'd like to discuss about it before no. we move on yeah okay cuz for me it was a really interesting combination watching these two shows because um, Love on the Spectrum, basically it's another documentary series, but in this case, it's following people on the autism spectrum who of, of various degrees of high function of like a different levels of functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in Australia and, um, but you, you start this show kind of expecting, um, like, and they do like these people do need a lot of help because they, they need kind of coaching on specific social cues that come with dating in romantic situations. But after watching Indian matchmaking, there were a lot of cases where the same coaching really would have benefited the people like the clients and on the dates in those scenarios where the social, like they just clearly didn't have great social skills. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like that. It was like kind of actually these universal truths of like what, you should like looking for it like find like they um there's this uh relationships coach who I was just obsessed with her she was like so loving and patient and specific to each person's 
um, needs mm-hmm. when and, like, she's their coaching learning them. styles. Yes, and like so um, interacted amazingly, like with their parents and helping them how they can help their kids and stuff. Like it was really, really awesome to see that. And I was like, honestly, she could have helped some of these other people who may not technically be on the autism spectrum, but it just shows that like dating is just hard mm-hmm. and having relationships with human relationships are difficult. Like, I feel like I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm like learning and I, things like that socially are good to remember too. Like, um, there's one situation where some, one of the people that, um, they were focusing on in love in the spec love on the spectrum where he had kind of been like let down kind of easy by a girl but mm-hmm. he was like I don't really understand what she meant because she wasn't direct with him um and so this um kind of like relationships coach for lack of a better word she was helping him she's like here's what she meant and it wasn't in a hurtful way like but it's like that just kind of is like a universal truth that it's like being direct is always better than being beating around the bush just to try mm-hmm. and be nice. Yes. And it's like whether you're dealing with someone on the autism spectrum or just a person who does not have autism. Like so there's just like little truths like that where I was like this is just like human nature. These are social tips that like I feel like I even benefited as a person watching this show. It was just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I and so I just feel like watching these two shows together couldn't have been more different. And yet there was so much parallel of like the people that are too picky over little things that don't matter mm-hmm. versus people that have to work so hard to find the common interests between them and another person that to make a good match. Mm-hmm. But at the core of it, it's like kind of all the same. Yeah. And another thing that I feel like both shows kind of overlapped and tried to show and one showed it better than the other is they both showed couples where it was working. Indian matchmaking showed a lot of like um, couples who had arranged marriages and had been married for like 50 years. Like they would start every episode with like um, a couple kind of um, like when Harry Met Sally does. And yeah, that's what I thought too. That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was cute and everything, but it wasn't like that effective as far as like convincing me of anything. But um, Love on the Spectrum, some of the people, like some people are going on their very first dates for the very first time and just like trying to find a partner. But they had a couple um a couple of couples who had been together for a while and just kind of showed their relationship and like how they live and um I thought that was a lot more effective because I was able to like see that how these relationships can work and how they do work and the fact that their relationships are actually really strong because they're able to be like completely honest with one another and that kind of um, really stuck with me and I just my favorite my favorite scenes on love of uh, love on the spectrum definitely were the ones with like thriving couples I loved the awkward the first dates a lot um, a lot of it was extremely awkward and uncomfortable but it just mostly because it made me think about 
if there were cameras in front of me on my first dates, I would die. Like that would, is the most humiliating thing thinking about. It would so, be horrible. I mean, it's already kind of humiliating going on a first date in public anyway. Like, exactly. People, like, Other know. people are watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I fell in love with the couples that they showed. And they. I felt like it was – you're right that it showed them – I feel like we got a real sense for them as a couple and, like, their problem solving that they've had to do mm-hmm. and work really hard. It's Like, they've had to work really hard at it, um, but in an inspiring way that, to me – rang true to being in a relationship for me as the person who's not on the autism spectrum, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just felt like it was extremely, it ended up being an extremely relatable um, experience for me Mm -hmm. to watch this show. And um, another one of my favorite parts is when they go to the, they have like a dating boot camp. I felt like I was just really, um, I was so happy to see these people that, clearly have such a really strong understanding of how a person who has autism's mind operates mm-hmm. and like how um they like the progress like you could see like that they um like all the people that they followed in the show I felt like you could see real progress as they went on another date or just like tried again and it was just like it was just really cool to me. To well, see and it was just like inspiring that they like truly care enough that they were like at a dating boot camp, you know, like they wanted it so bad that they were willing to put in the time and the effort that it would take to get there. And I definitely don't do that. Can't say I will now, but it was inspiring to see other people doing that. Yeah, I genuinely did feel inspired that I was like um well, I mean, it was very inspirational in general because hearing their parents talk about how a lot of them, when they were kids, like were nonverbal mm-hmm. and couldn't express themselves in any way, and and then and you would often learn that after you we'd spent a lot of time with each person, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't imagine the love and patience that all these parents had, um, and now like. The, at least from what we I could see, like, these parents have such strong relationships with, the, with their kids and, like, understand them so well and genuinely are really, really proud of how far they've come and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just, like, all in all, like, I it was a very feel-good show yeah, for me. And it was just, like, it was so adorable and, like amazing that like all of them felt so comfortable talking about dating in general with their parents like they all had such like open communication about dating which I I definitely don't have that really I feel embarrassed and um so that was another takeaway for me but yeah the parents seeing the parents it was just like so special yeah I loved every minute of this show and I hope everyone watches it yeah, I totally, totally agree. One more takeaway that like I felt like inspiring for me in my life from Love on the Spectrum was um, like just just the straightforwardness. Like at the end of these dates, which like for me, I was like, this seems like it's going really well. But then they, at the end, they'd usually be like, well, like I think I don't really feel a spark. Um, I think we I think we could be great friends, but I don't really see this 
going further and they'd be like, okay, sounds like that. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like, even if they were sad, they were like very respectful. Like, and there wasn't, that was probably like one of the least awkward parts of the dates. Oh yeah, totally. That was, and I was like, yeah, that is so like not my nature to be like, I want to be more like avoiding, avoiding anything like confrontational or awkward. And so it's like, that doesn't do anyone any good really it just creates more problems exactly and so I feel like in a way I felt like I was really learning from the people on the spectrum because in in a lot of ways their communication styles were like more mature than mine Mm -hmm. you know and so I was like wow these are like actual lessons that I do want to take um not just in like dating and romantic situations but just like in life I was like wow yeah any relationship totally yeah I loved it. Yeah, I was super impressed with the show in general. Um, okay. Well, who was your crush of the week? Um, I'll go first. Okay. Mine was Ankita. She was um, one of the... She was in Indian matchmaking. And she's just, like, this really cool feminist who works in fashion. And she was, like, I just need someone who, like, is okay with me working and, like, will, like, lift me up. And, like, I'm fine on my own, but, like, it would be nice to, like, have a partner to, like, live my life with. And then she kind of – something I really appreciated about The Matchmaker is that After some failed attempts, she actually sent her to, like, a therapist to, like, or I guess not a therapist. It was more of a life coach. And she kind of just started focusing on herself and, like, how to improve herself. And that's kind of where her storyline ended. And I just thought that was really cool. And maybe I'm getting the wrong takeaway, but I just really liked that she was able to, like, be like, oh, no, I'm okay. I just, I should work on myself um, first before anything. And I just thought she was really cool. And she's definitely my crush of the week. Yeah, no, I think that was the correct takeaway. That was inspiring. Okay, I, um, I have, I do have a crush. I am going to go with my favorite guy on the show, the teacher from Austin, whose name is VSR. He is the one that he is out of all the guys I would have wanted to date him. He yeah, was he's really adorable. Yeah, he was really easygoing. Um, he was really fun, especially after there's a lot of I feel like up until you meet him, there's a lot of really uptight guys. That was a little discouraging at first to see a lot of the guys be like super super picky and um, like really uptight. And then you meet him and he's like super fun. And it was really cute because all of his he teaches high school and all of his students were like obsessed with him and stuff. Um, and I really liked the especially the second girl that he gets matched with. I loved seeing their dates. They seemed like they had that was it was like kind of like a date I would want to go on where it was just like yeah. easygoing and really fun. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really liked him. He was like very honest, especially like with his emotions. Um, yeah, he was great. I liked him a lot. Well, two great shows for you to watch. Um, and 
some Emmy information to sit with. Tell us how you're feeling, what you feel like was snubbed. We'd mm-hmm. love to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I have a new to do list for after with the nominations too. So yeah, it's true. Get to work, everyone. Do your homework. All right. Bye. See ya. <laughs>